Welcome to the Total Wealth Academy radio show, where wealth includes much more than just money. It includes family, fitness, romance, and all the other parts of a balanced life. Listen and learn how 70% of the millionaires in America made their money using real estate. Now your host, real estate investor and consultant, Steve Davis. Welcome to the Wednesday radio show, everybody. This is Trevor Davis, lead wealth coach up here at Total Wealth Academy. Thank you for tuning in, broadcasting live February 15th, 2023. And I want to restate the quote as I start with every show, which is by Albert Einstein, the measure of intelligence is the ability to change. Change being anything that's different than what we're doing now, and that's really what we are thinking about and addressing on a regular basis on the show. And it's something that I really try to stay mindful of. And I feel I have to be extra conscious of simply because I know that there are many things that I've learned and been taught growing up that have worked great for some people, certain people, but they don't really work so great for me. And I have to find my own individual path in many of these challenges. And I think that's what ends up happening for most people. I don't think that's a unique experience whatsoever. I don't think the significance there is the uniqueness, but it is what we're having to deal with. We are having to find our own unique path to the things that we say that we want, whatever that could be. And I don't want to get to a point either where we ridiculously assess everything that we have now as just not being what we want. It's like, I get it. We want to get some more things, but what about the things that we already have that we love, that we appreciate, and that make life worthwhile already? You know, with all of the discussion that we have, I never want us to lose track of the fact that we have to give credit where credit is due. And at some point, as funny as this is to say, to shut your brain up and just be happy for a hot minute and just appreciate what you have that's right in front of you. I'm not going to say you have to accept these things that you don't like or deal with something forever that you don't like. That's not what I'm saying. But what I'm saying is that there are a lot of things that you do like that are part of your life now and to just constantly be in the cycle of acting like everything has to be changed doesn't make a whole lot of sense either. Because honestly, there are probably things that you've done since birth that have been perfectly functional for you, perfectly effective, that you plain don't have any reason to change whatsoever. There's that popular saying, which I love to think about a lot, and I know you've heard it before, but if it ain't broke, don't fix it. If you've got something working for you in your own unique way, and then you've got all of these other people telling you you're doing it wrong, but you know you're doing it right because it's getting you the results that you want, you're probably not going to need to listen to anybody else. You don't need to listen to the gurus. You don't need to listen to anybody that says that they're professional in that particular avenue if you've got the results already. If you want to improve your results, yeah, you really need to go to the professionals. If you've got problems in this avenue, you absolutely need to go to these professionals, the people that have the results. 
But if you have the results that you want, you are the professional. You have qualified yourself, at least to yourself, that you're doing something correctly. So in that vein, in that spirit of self-improvement that this show stands for, I don't want us to ever lose track of the fact that we've done many things effectively that have gotten us excellent results, and we don't have to pretend like every single solitary thing needs to be changed. Because that's not going to be a very peaceful way to approach any of this. It's going to be an overwhelming way to approach this. And being overwhelmed is one of the easiest ways people fall into the trap of not taking action on something important. Because when you just see all the stuff you have to do all at once, you can't see each individual step. You have to focus on a couple of small things, one at a time, literally one at a time, to start making tangible, concrete steps towards the progress that you want to make as part of the constant process of being a living, breathing human being, because there really is no end to that process. And there's really no end to the challenges that come either. You know, I think about the way that we approach some of the things that we don't like in life, and everybody probably wishes at some point or another that they could snap their fingers and make it possible to where none of the bad things that have happened to them ever happened or no bad things ever happened to them again. But that's not how life works. There are going to be natural disasters, like the earthquake that affected Syria and Turkey across that fault line that's been causing damage and wreaking havoc for thousands of years. We live in Houston. There's going to be hurricanes that are going to come. It's not a matter of if the hurricane comes, but when. But that being said, those disasters and those setbacks and those challenges don't have to be the definition of your life experience. Because when you define yourself by the things that you don't want to happen you start to lose track of the things that you do want to happen. You start to get jaded, and you start to become incapable of even taking advantage of the things that you want. So with that introduction, folks, again, apologize, apologies for the technical difficulties. We'll be right back from the break. Stay tuned. I'm Trevor Davis, your host. If you have money in an IRA, 401k, or other retirement account, you can use it to invest passively in real estate without tax or penalty. Our average rate of return is three times that of the stock market and mutual funds with much less volatility. If you have over $70,000, you can start passive investing today. Please attend our free sample class to learn more. Go to TotalWealthAcademy.com. That's TotalWealthAcademy.com for reservations. Thank you. Welcome back, everybody, to the Total Wealth Academy radio show. I am your host, Trevor Davis, the lead wealth coach up here at TWA. So let's get to the content. And it's just kind of funny because based on the pace that we've gone at, if I've got four days of experience with Tony Robbins' Unleash the Power Within event, and it's taken me now a total of three months to do the first day, then we should be done <laughs> by around the middle of November. So I... I Really highly doubt it's going to take that long, but let's just say we've got plenty of content to continue going through. And to reemphasize, you have to attend Unleash the Power Within 
if you are serious about making strides and progress in your business, in your life, in your relationships, in everything that you consider important, you're going to be able to find something constructive to use and some tools to add to your toolbox. And the whole thing here that's really cool is that Tony Robbins and the team ended up doing a five-day event actually called Become Unshakable three weeks ago, and that's literally 100% free on YouTube. I mean, they do a free event typically once a year, but this is by far the most comprehensive one, and they give you their sales pitch for UPW as well, but more or less, this was like a UPW light because they covered basically everything that we discussed in in a nutshell. I mean, each event each day during Unshakable was two to three hours. So that's really about a quarter of the content time as UPW itself because we were there live in that stadium, that conference, a giant conference room, I should say, for a good 8, 10, 12 hours. So it was very intense. And they are going to have you shaking your booty and jumping up and down like a maniac on a regular basis during the live UPW. So it is very, very intense and a lot of fun. So with the introduction to day two, day two, closing the gap, is the introduction to neuroassociative conditioning. You have what he considers the ultimate success formula, which is results-based. And that's really the objectivism that comes out of this is, is what I'm saying making sense? If it's not producing the results that you want, then the answer is no, a big fat no. But if it's making sense, it's because it's leading you to the results that you've wanted or you're looking to improve on, or maybe it's just stuff that you already believe in and agree with, and that's great. That's awesome. But of course, the show is about self-improvement, so I am looking to provide something that you can use to improve something that matters to you. That's my goal being on the radio. I want to have something here that can provide assistance to you. So the first thing, it's five points with the ultimate success formula. Know your outcome. Number one, clarity is power. And that also ties into Stephen Covey's begin with the end in mind. What is your biggest goal? What is the biggest thing that scares the crap out of you most likely that you want to take part in? That's going to be something that allows you to get clarity on all of the smaller things. So I really feel that identifying the biggest goal could be the hardest. For a lot of people, it's easier, probably the easiest. But once you identify the big, fat goal, it becomes that much easier to break apart the smaller goals as stepping stones to that big goal to gain that clarity. So if you're talking about having a certain amount of income, which is the primary point that we focus on with self-improvement, you know, is that going to be 5000 a month? I would definitely say you want to hit that at least. That's the goal I can encourage people to go for at minimum. And bearing in mind that the tax burden on real estate with 60000 a year is not the same as a 
W-2 job. It's much, much less. If you want to make it 10000 a month or let's say 100000 a month or a million a month or more. But I mean, when you look at what billionaires make, you know, that's still pretty small fries in comparison. But that's still a hefty amount of dough. And let's just say if you're hitting a million dollars a month, you can really do whatever the heck it is you want to do and have tons left over by a lot. Because if you're like me and you like traveling... I mean, vacations cost thousands of dollars, but if you've got a thousand thousand coming in each month, you're going to be more than capable of vacationing that whole week each month as what I consider to be a major goal since that's something that Steve's mentor told him about that he was able to do when he had over a hundred houses. He was able to vacation a whole week each month which is kind of bonkers, and I'm sure that even that kind of wears out at a certain point, but that's something to strive for. Number two, know your reasons why. Like, okay, what's the big deal about going on vacations? Why is it so important for me? Why is it so important for somebody else? You have the goal, but if you don't really understand why it is you want that, and you don't have a truly important, significant reason why, it's not going to be the real goal. I mean, I wanted to just say it's not going to be something that you can be pushed towards, but it's not really your goal if you don't actually have reasons to validate it. You know, I think a lot of younger folks, and I can definitely talk about this myself because I didn't have any idea what I really wanted to do when I was in high school or for most of college for that matter. And I mean, I didn't discover beer making as my passion until I was 24, which is still relatively young for some people, but I didn't have any idea I wanted to do any of that in high school or when I was, uh, before I turned 10, like some people. That was not my experience whatsoever. So why, for example, would travel be important? To me, I think traveling is important Because when you get out of your shell and your sphere and you learn about other people directly, learn about what other countries are like, you start to have a better, more empathetic understanding of your own humanity. And you start to be more empathetic to other human beings. Because people are not really that different. I mean, if you just talk about it from a genetic level, human beings across the board are, I want to say the last percentage I saw was 99.99% genetically identical. Literally. It doesn't matter what part of the planet somebody is from. We are literally over 99% genetically identical. Humans are overwhelmingly similar with overwhelmingly similar interests. And... Just because somebody lives a different way or has a different belief system than you does not mean that they are a bad person. Does not mean that they should be treated poorly or worse, waged war on, or things can get even worse from there. As we know, this stuff has been used historically to validate a lot of very, very bad behavior that's brought about a lot of destruction. When people don't understand each other, 
it's that much easier for them to make decisions that cause harm and destruction to others. Because when they go to war and they validate violence, they're not just doing it offhand and saying, oh yeah, they're just as good as us, they're, they're our neighbors, they're friends, but we're still going to do this. No, they create this whole propaganda system that convinces you that they are bad, they're evil, their beliefs are wrong, they're subhuman, this, that, and the other to supplement the costless belly, the cause of war. But that's a whole nother discussion, really, and a very, very heavy topic. But that's one of the main reasons why I enjoy traveling, and I really make sure I encourage other people to do so. That's why student ambassadors were founded by Dwight Eisenhower after World War II. I got to take part in that, and he believed that one of the main ways to create world peace was people interacting with each other not just believing what they see on the news or believing whatever their talking head from their favorite political party says. When you actually see that people in other countries are just human beings trying to make it just like you, no matter what country they're from. Number three out of these five is take massive action. Obviously, this is the hardest part for most people. Because if you decide to go to one of these events, jump up and down like a maniac, and then you don't do squat once you jump out of those doors, what was the point of all of that? You know, what was the point of of walking across 2,000 degree to 2,500 Fahrenheit degrees coals if not for getting an assessment that these challenges are not really as hard as they look like at first? That, to me, is the biggest lesson from walking across the coals is you see a challenge and then something in you is able to push you across and you get to the other side and you look back and you're like, huh, that wasn't so bad. Or maybe you say, what was I even afraid of to begin with? That's what a lot of people end up assessing to themselves when they start to hit the end of their lifespans and look back, you know, regret comes from doing things, not doing things that you were afraid of. And then you're looking back and you don't really see any reason why you were afraid in the first place. We don't want to get into a position where we don't have any more time to take action on the things that we think and know are important and get to the end of life and have a massive heavy load on our shoulders of regret. We'll be back at the halfway point with the Total Wealth Academy radio show. I'm your host, Trevor Davis. We will be right back. Stay tuned. The stock market was never designed to build wealth. It was designed to keep up with inflation. The average rate of return over the last 75 years is about 7%. You'll get that even with the ups and downs. If you want a higher rate of return and less volatility, consider real estate. We make about three times as much as the stock market. Please attend our free sample class to learn more. Go to TotalWealthAcademy.com. That is TotalWealthAcademy.com for reservations. Thank you. Welcome back, everybody, to the Total Wealth Academy radio show. Wednesday show, I'm your host, Trevor Davis. And I got a little ahead of myself because I wanted to explain these examples that are connected to these first three points. And 
the first one with know your outcome clarity is power. There's a really funny example that they talk about where if you don't have the right clarity and the right focus, you can end up being turned in the wrong direction. And the example that they brought up was a woman who was driving and she ended up hitting some ice on the road. She wasn't in com- she wasn't completely out of control of the vehicle, but she saw that there was a telephone pole in front of her. And in her mind, she said, I don't want to hit the telephone pole. I don't want to hit the telephone pole. I don't want to hit this and wreck my car. So she starts steering in an attempt to get away from the telephone pole. This ice and her turning causes her cause her to hit the telephone pole square on at the front. The front end is almost completely totaled. She hits the dang telephone pole square on. And the argument here is that she actually was focusing too much on not hitting the telephone pole, ostensibly, but actually focused on the telephone pole itself. Her eyes were looking at it the whole time, so her brain started directing her to this telephone pole, which is not something that she wanted to hit. So to flip it around, let's say you're trying to aim at something that you want, clearly the focus is going to be something that pushes you in that direction. The funny example I also have with this is that I saw a video of a motorcycle race. A guy has his head cam on, everybody in the race does, so you can see what goes down in case an accident happens and make sure there's no funny business on the racetrack. And a racer in front of this guy falls off his motorcycle, high-speed bike. He's rolling on the ground. It wasn't too, too fast. He's clearly going to be okay. But the guy behind him starts to swerve out of the way. But he's looking, of course, at the guy that's on the ground. He's trying to get out of the way of this guy and not run him over with his motorcycle. And then guess what happens? The poor guy on the ground gets run over by the motorcycle. He ends up being perfectly fine, all things considered. He isn't majorly injured. But this is another example of having the negative type of focus pushing you in the direction that you don't want. Because you literally can be focused on the wrong thing and get results that you don't want to deal with. Because nobody wants to deal with hitting a telephone pole with their car. She was trying to focus on it and try to avoid it. But that wasn't really the best way to direct the focus. Focus should have been on an open space to avoid hitting an actual object. Just as much as the guy on the motorcycle should have been focusing on the racetrack or the grass on the side of the racetrack instead of looking at the guy. Easier said than done because you're going to be focused on the thing that you're trying to avoid sometimes. And of course, if there's that telephone pole in front of you or that guy in the road, it's going to be a little bit more difficult to tear your attention away. That's another very big challenge. But with our goals, we have to make sure that we're attaching our focus to the goals that actually matter. Because if they're not, they're attached to goals that you don't want, or they're attached to goals that are just not quite cutting it. Mediocre goals that you don't really want that might get you by, but aren't getting you everything that you really are looking for. Second thing that we talked about is what's your reason why? 
talk about motivation. If somebody puts $10 in a house that's on fire and they say, go on into the house and if you could get the $10, it's yours. Who's going to run into the burning house for 10 bucks? Almost nobody. Another situation comes up, hypothetical, of course. Somebody walks up to you from a burning house. They say, I have your husband or your wife or your kids in this burning house. If you can come get them out, I'll let you all go. Who's going to run into that burning house immediately? You are. Massive difference in the reason why leading to massive difference in action. So if you've got the right why, you're going to be connected to the ability to take massive action. The actual correct why. Not the why that you think society wants you to be attached to. Not the why that some somebody else, even your significant other or your kids, want to be attached for you. What your actual why has to be for you as an individual. And number four, know what you are getting. This is something I really, really double back to, and I talked about this at the beginning of the show, and I talk about a lot. What are the results that you're getting? What is going on in the result side? Not just the theory, not just the thoughts about it, but what is actually producing the results that you're looking to get? That's really what this all boils down to as elaborate as this conversation will be, and as many years as it takes some folks to take action and reach out to us. And we love these folks, but I just want people to be able to take action faster and get that information and that spark they need sooner rather than later. What are the results that you are getting now? If it's not doing it for you, you can't expect to keep doing that same technique and get a different result. You have to do something different. Which leads us to our very, very important aspect of change with number five. Change your approach. Is it a matter of mining for diamonds and you just have to keep hitting your pickaxe at the ground and the rock until you finally hit something? Or is it a matter of having to change up the entire approach completely? You know, if you're talking about doing that diamond mining or you're talking about chopping down a tree, if you have an axe, you're going to chop at the tree. And every single time you chop at the tree, you're seeing some results, aren't you? Bits of wood coming off, that little notch in the tree getting bigger and bigger and bigger you know that's a pretty easy way to see results step by step but I would argue that the vast majority of things that we look for are going to have small baby step results some aren't and I get that but I think that there are ways for you to identify in small steps, what's working and what's not. You know, if you talk about going to the gym and eating healthy, somebody is not going to lose 30, 40, 50 pounds if they eat a salad for one meal, 
That first day, they decide to diet and go to the gym for 30 minutes on the treadmill. They're not going to lose that 30, 40 pounds in that period of time. But that's one of those things where you see those small results. And you have to give yourself credit where credit is due because that's going to be a process. That that is not going to disappear overnight. It's going to take a process of weeks, months, and sometimes years to do it safely for some folks. But it's going to take some time. It's not going to happen overnight. And again, I get it. We're talking about some exceptions to the rule here. But as I've talked about, don't base your rule on the exception. Just because there's an exception doesn't mean the exception is the rule. Doesn't mean that you need to define your approach to this rule and your understanding of this rule by one or two exceptions. That doesn't make a whole lot of sense when clearly certain rules hold strong. So we are then going to transition into the power of beliefs. We have to talk about beliefs a lot and not even the sense of what you think is going to happen after we die or what you think is going on with how the universe started or if it's going to start again, or whatever. We're not talking about spiritual religious beliefs. We're talking about the beliefs that we have about our lives. A belief is a feeling of certainty, as they define it, about what something means. You have a feeling of certainty attached to something, and it doesn't even have to be true to be controlling of your behavior. The beliefs that we have are the biggest determining factor in how we approach change, how we approach challenge, how we approach ourselves. You know, if you believe something negative about yourself that we talk about during the class, like, I mean, there's just so many, and whenever they're produced and talked about, It's like somebody who's in that negative state is able to produce a whole slew of different ones as if simply because that wasn't addressed up front that it's a basically ultimate catch-all for anything that I could argue otherwise. But it doesn't really matter what you identify as and believe about yourself. You're going to hold it to be true. So why would we be sticking with negative beliefs about ourselves? Why would we be sticking with assessments that don't really end don't don't add up evidence-wise if we try to look at it objectively? I mean, I was talking with a friend recently that was in a rough spot and I understood his perspective, but I really really wanted him to get some adjustment here in the sense that we have to start looking at ourselves a little bit objectively sometimes or else we get too ego attached and too emotionally attached and start skewing everything out of proportion and giving ourselves an unfair treatment from ourselves and beating ourselves up Uh, let's go ahead and continue the rest of the show after the break i'm trevor davis your host we will be right back (music) 
Here's an old joke. When is the best time to buy real estate? 20 years ago. When is the second best time? Today. And this is truer than ever with the impending recession and the correction that's going on right now. Real estate investors are going to make millions of dollars in the next few years because of the recession. You should take advantage of it as well. To find out how, please attend our free sample class to learn more. Go to TotalWealthAcademy.com. TotalWealthAcademy.com. Just click on the free sample class button. Thank you. All right, everybody, we are at the final segment of today's TWA Wednesday radio show. I'm your host, Trevor Davis. In case you have any questions about what we've discussed, 281-558-5738, and that will connect you directly to us here at KSEV. So power beliefs, the feeling of certainty we have about what something means. And I think because we're pattern-recognizing creatures, we like to find anything to connect it to something, and it was something that we didn't like, so we try to avoid that thing. It could be something as simple as a time of day. It could be something like a month or a day of the week or a specific day of the month, a smell, a number, It could be a whole bunch of different things. And we have to recognize, though, that by looking at these patterns and trying to avoid pain, we're really just setting ourselves up for a future of continued pain in many situations. And we're not talking about the important experience of getting burned on the stove or getting too close to the fire and you did that as a little kid and now you know you don't want to be standing just a couple inches away from an open flame because if that thing swings the wrong direction, it's not going to feel too great. You know, things that are existential threats, those are things that we really have to avoid. That's normal survival functioning the way it's supposed to. But when we start to cultivate this unhealthy level of paranoia about something that doesn't really add up when you look at it objectively. You know, if you have an association with like a bad day of the week, you know, is that does that mean that that day of the week is always going to be bad? Like every single Wednesday is going to be bad every single time because of that experience that you had on a Wednesday? You know, No, that's not what's really happening. And are other people all having terrible Wednesdays every single time? I mean, I sure hope not. But that could be something that someone is associating and connecting to the past and allowing their present and future to be controlled by it. And I think most people have some associations there and some beliefs that are causing them to have distorted assessments of reality and not the good, not a good distortion. I mean, I'm not talking about sometimes being a little more optimistic than maybe an objective situation calls for. I don't really think that's a big deal in most situations, but when somebody's got what's most common, a negative distortion of reality and all they seem to be able to think about and talk about is stuff that they don't like, 
and they just cannot unfocus on it. I mean, if you've got that friend, that colleague that does nothing but complain, that's kind of the person that I'm talking about. And if we talk about stepping back and looking objectively, are you that very person? I mean, think about it. How many times a day do you complain about something? Even if it's something that comes up, is that what you do whenever something happens that you weren't expecting that you didn't like? If someone cuts you off on traffic, is that something that makes you pissed off? Or is every time you interact with your significant other, it's really just complaints? It's like that gets old pretty dang fast. You don't want to be that person that's associated with that type of speaking. That type of mental activity that does not direct you to the stuff that you really want. And I feel like sometimes these points sound really mushy and sappy, but if negativity is collecting a negative set of results that you don't want, that if you could snap your fingers and do away with in an instant, then you know that, so why would you continue to stew in that type of mentality? Because you're going to have a mentality no matter what. So why not have a good mentality? Why not be the person that makes other people's daily experiences better? And I really like that quote from Gary John Bishop, the Un-F Yourself book, where he talks about being an effing beacon of light to people on a daily basis instead of somebody that causes them to need to, like, brace themselves for you. Like, acknowledge in their head that they're going to have to be emotionally guarded and prepared for their interaction with you. Or you're just plain exhausting to deal with because all you do is complain and moan about stuff. I mean, there's no way you want to be that person. So you have to do something different. Three beliefs for lasting success. Number one, it must change now. And... Gosh, I feel like this exact point could be the entire end-all, be-all of a complete radio show for some people. Because your brain is capable of instantaneous change. You know that, and let's just, let's just use a negative example, because I know a lot of people will be familiar with this, but you encounter something that pisses you off. You had a certain emotional state before you encountered that, and now you have a different emotional state after, right? Your brain was able to turn on a dime and turn into a different type of brain, acting in a completely different way. And that's, of course, a negative example. But we can clearly see that the brain is able to change in an instant. So if we don't have to deal with a negative mentality constantly, and shucks, might as well go for a positive one, 
then clearly it's possible for us to make instantaneous change away from the BS into a direction that we know we really want. Not the direction that's been programmed into us by other people's mediocre expectations, their unenthusiastic levels of energy, their unreceptive responses to your goals and dreams. All of that stuff can be cut off immediately. It must change now. Second thing, I must change now. You're responsible. The more responsible you take yourself to be, the better your life is going to be. You know, you can blame yourself for the parenting that you experienced, or you could not. You could just blame them. You could blame your school. You could blame your level of income growing up. You could blame the fact that you didn't get into the school that you wanted, that other people got the opportunities that you did not have. But your independent life is only your independent life, and there's no one that's going to make anything different for you in the exact way that you want. You are the only person that is capable of identifying what it is specifically that you want and therefore taking action in that specific, unique direction. Because, yeah, humans are over 99% genetically similar, but everybody has a completely unique set of goals and needs that cannot just be cut and paste from somebody else. I just do not believe that to be the case. Number three, Final belief for lasting success, I can change it now. Your responsibility also has to mean identifying the fact that you have been fully capable of making change this entire time. You literally have within you the ability to make the changes that you've been thinking about and dreaming about for a long period of time. Nobody can say anything to take that away from you. Nobody can do anything to take that away from you. You are completely at the ability that you need right now to take action on something important to you, if you believe it to be so. The past does not have to equal the future. It does only if you live there. So if you want to make something different and make a change, now is the opportunity to do so. Y'all, thank you so much for tuning in to the radio show. I'm your host, Trevor Davis at Total Wealth Academy. I'll see y'all next Wednesday. You've been listening to the Total Wealth Academy radio show. Please remember that this show is for entertainment purposes only and should not be construed as legal, tax, or investing advice. Always get a professional opinion before making any investment decisions. To find out more about coaching and consulting at Total Wealth Academy, visit TotalWealthAcademy.com and attend one of our free sample classes on real estate investing. Thanks for listening. Have a great day.